It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Behind the Headlines, a podcast from The Independent. I'm Ben Kelly, and each episode we'll be speaking to our correspondents and other experts to better understand what is happening around us across the worlds of politics, culture, sport, and more. It's been brewing in the mind of director Christopher Nolan for a decade. It's cost over $200 million to make, and it's been delayed three times due to coronavirus. But finally, Tenet is out in cinemas. It's been out in the UK already, and it's now hitting the US as well. To discuss Tenet today, I'm joined by our chief film critic, Clarice Laurie. Welcome, Clarice. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, well, uh, I should probably say that obviously you have seen Tenet and you have reviewed it for us. Um, I have not seen it and I intend to see it. So we're going to keep this spoiler free if you can. Yeah, well, <laughs> my thing with Tenet is that even if I tried to spoil it, I would not be able to. This film is so dense and so confusing. <laughs> it's it's pretty much impossible to describe. Well, I was going to say, you've given it four stars um, and you called it the... Nolan's most confusing film, but also the most thrilling to get lost in. And I have heard of a few people who've come out sort of scratching their heads. Um, maybe you could start off by telling us, what's it all about? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the very sort of simple premise that I've been giving people is that we open on on this nameless figure because the main character of this film is literally called the protagonist. He's played by John David Washington, who is just fabulous in this movie. You can talk about him later. Uh, but we open on him and he's so committed to his, his work, his anonymous work that we don't know quite know what it is, that he's recruited by a mysterious organization that just send him off into the world with a single word, Tenet. And this world, this word will open the right doors and some of the wrong ones too. And and in, in that process, he he meets allies like Robert Patterson's character, who is just called Neil. It's no last name. He's just called Neil. Uh, and also some foes like uh, Kenneth Branagh's Andre Sator, who uh, is very rich and very Russian. And is this sort of set in the future or an alternative world? What, how, how could you describe the landscape of it? Well, it's very, it's it's a similar in texture to Inception in that way. I, It's both our world and, and not our world because it's, it's a reality where, you know, there's there's different technology where the the rules of space and time, um, you know, can bend, but but it's not sort of it doesn't present itself as a, a sci-fi film. 
Yeah, it's being described sort of a bit like a, more like a spy film, a Bond film, but with with I guess the sort of sci-fi elements that maybe we're accustomed to in in Nolan's films. Nolan has had a, a lifelong love of Bond, and I think a part of him has always wanted to make a Bond film. I I don't know if he's you know made serious efforts to, but maybe this is his way of getting it out of his system by <laughs> just making his own Bond movie and creating his own Bond in the protagonist. Obviously, you have obviously seen most of his films. You see many films in your job as, as film critic. Did you have to pay a lot of attention? Where did it lose you? You know, how, Where was the line for you between I'm enjoying this and I'm not quite sure what's going on? I think that comes down a lot to the past, like different people's personal approaches to films because I really enjoy getting lost in a film. I mean, one of my favorite directors is David Lynch, who, you know, the entire premise of all his films is don't try to understand it. <laughs> this is a dream. Anything could happen. And what I found so interesting about Tenet is that so many of his other films, I mean, Inception, that's the one that most people have seen, you know, that is a, a puzzle box of a movie. And what is so satisfying about Inception is the way you get to see all the pieces fit together and how it all falls together. And, and by the end, you feel like you have a, a sense of control over the universe because you go, aha, yes, I understand the dream layers. I understand how this works. I feel good and mm -hmm. and smart <laughs> and like everything in my existence makes sense. Tenet is, is sort of different in the sense that, I mean, there is a moment where a character says to the hero and also very much to us, don't try to understand it, just feel it. And I think from that point on, it starts to take on that logic of, okay, well, maybe on your second or third watch, you can sit down and really try to figure out what's going on. But just for now, just just sort of bathe in all the emotions of it because it, it, this film is so much about the atmosphere and the tension and the terror. It's a really surprisingly scary film. Yeah, a lot of people have discussed, and I think this was in your review as well, a sense of sort of uh, claustrophobia and things are sort of closing in on you and a very, very uncertain uh, surrounding. Uh, am I reading too much into it? But does that kind of chime with what we've been going through this year? Is there is there a sense of, you know, end of the world panic? Yes, I I can. I have to sort of dance around that topic because of the, the plot. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think, yeah, it is very much about losing control and and the unseen threat because everything about tenant is is the sort of mystery of something very bad is going to happen but we're not really sure what it is or where it comes from or how it works and and I guess that has an obvious sort of relevancy to today just the sort of I'm scared and I don't know why and I don't know what might happen to me. It's really interesting that. And as you say, obviously, it's come in a long line of movies from Nolan, which have confused us and thrilled us over the years. Inception, I think a lot of people's heads are still very much with that spinning top uh, at the end. Um, you know, is he one of these directors who is just sort of purposefully making things a little bit more complicated as it goes along? Or is this part of his depth as an artist, part of his exploration and sort of pushing at the edges? I guess I, ha I have to confess in this moment that 
I am not normally a big fan of Nolan's work. I, yeah, I, I find the puzzle aspect of Inception kind of frustrating because we are we are given so much information. I, I feel like 40 minutes of that film is just Leonardo DiCaprio explaining things to you um, that it, you start to see the cracks a lot more easily. And so I think with Tenet, it's sort of so... It is so deliberately confusing that you you do just switch off and and a lot of the dial it's really interesting. A lot of the dialogue is muffled somehow. Either someone's speaking from behind a mask or they're they're whispering. A lot of the dialogue is just very dramatically whispered in Tenet. And so I, I don't know whether that's all some just sort of deliberate ploy to make you not really pay attention to the story or maybe to to feel like you want to come back and see it a second time to understand the finer details of what is going on. This is billed, or certainly is hoped to be the film that is going to bring people back to the cinema after months of everyone staying at home. Obviously, the pandemic's been worldwide. Um, Nolan himself, very keen for this to be the sort of ripping off the Band-Aid moment. Um, it's been out for just over a week, I think, in, in the UK, and it's opening in the US this weekend. Um, what are we seeing so far? Is this something that people are making a, a, an effort to, you know, the first time back? Are they going out to see it in the way that we would have hoped? I would say pretty much yes. I mean, the overall box office, uh, I think from last weekend, was $6.32 million in the UK and Ireland which is would actually have been a fairly good result even if there wasn't any kind of pandemic going on. So it's very promising in that sense. I think the, the box office grew around like 300% from last weekend. So we are really seeing a shift. And I think what was happening is that Tenant had been advertised so much as you know, this is this is the big cinema film. This is this is the reopening. This is the return to to some form of normalcy that everyone's just just been waiting. Everyone's just been waiting until Tenet to actually go out and and have their first trip to the cinema. And presumably, you see a lot of films. You go to the movies a lot. Um, when was your first time back in a in a cinema environment? There was the first time I went back as a critic to a press screening, uh, which was to see the Seth Rogen movie, An American Pickle. Um, that was, you know, going into London, central London, and like there, I think there was like maybe fifteen of us in a whole giant screen. So I think that was a little bit of a unusual experience versus what it's what it's normally like uh but then I also did go see New Mutants at the weekend in just like an average cinema (laughs) so I, I I've had sort of both both experiences and and I will say you know both experiences were Simple, straightforward. I did feel safe. So, uh, are people wearing masks in cinemas? I'm, I'm forgive my ignorance. I don't know. They're meant to. <laughs> they're, they're meant to. I I will say. I mean, this is part of my my own feeling about it. I specifically booked the very front row of New Mutants because I didn't want to know if someone in that room was not wearing a mask. I I just decided I would let rather 
live in ignorance of that fact instead of getting incredibly stressed out. But I mean, the policy has been very much please wear masks. I mean, there's a bit of a loophole because if you buy food or drink, you can take it off temporarily. But really the advisable thing is please do wear a mask the entire way through the film. Um, and I suppose it's it's one of those things like everything. If you're a big cinema goer, you enjoy going, then you're going to go back. Um, other people maybe think, you know what, I can wait. And that kind of takes me on to my next question because obviously over lockdown, we all watched a lot of movies at home. We watched a lot of TV um, and we had some instances of things being sort of premiered on, on digital streaming platforms and going straight on there to kind of meet people where they were. Um, some people sort of say, well, that's kind of the way things are going to go. People would rather just see things in their home. Um, is that a real possibility or, you know, has the death of cinema been wrongly predicted many times before? I think there is a little bit of a, a doomsday aspect to saying, you know, this is going to be the death of cinema. I, I think, you know, there has been a very steady shift in viewing habits. And yes, people are choosing to see things more often at home. And I think what we don't consider often are the the sort of environmental factors in this that, you know, cinema tickets are incredibly expensive and especially if you're taking an entire family and I think for a lot of people they're just not in the position to you know go to the cinema every week unless you know that is their hobby and that is something that they really want to dedicate a chunk of their paycheck to so I think yes this has all been part of of a of a shift because that is just the reality of the world that we live in. It's the reality of how capitalism works and its effect on the on how the industry works. But there's always going to be there's always going to be cinema fans. There's always going to be sort of a core group of people who just appreciate what the experience is. You know, the the sort of magic of sitting in the dark with a bunch of strangers and being whisked off to another world. I don't think that is going to suddenly change any day soon. Yeah, and I suppose it's particularly films like Tenet that are saying, you know, surround sounds, special effects, the big, big screen. Um, you know, I, I imagine someone like Nolan would say, you're not going to get this at home. Well, yeah, that's the thing. And I, I think there's always going to be people who want that that full-blown experience. And, and, you know, it's the whole reason that the, you know, the Hollywood industry has shifted so much towards these, these giant event films like Avengers Endgame. I mean, do you imagine just sitting at home watching that instead of being, you know, in a theater with all your friends and everyone's cheering and screaming at certain bits that I won't spoil, but you, you do, do you get what I mean? <laughs> it, it's, it's not just... You know, it's not just the idea of, of going to see something with, you know, good sound quality and good picture quality. It's also about the the community aspect of it. So looking ahead to, well, what's left of 2020, um, what else can we expect to see released? What are you looking forward to? 
I mean, that feels like <laughs> it feels like a, a sort of unanswerable question at the moment because everything is so up in the air and I could list a bunch of films that I'm excited for. I mean, we've got Wonder Woman 1984. I'm excited for Dune. We're hopefully going to get a Bond movie in November, but I, I'm almost... I at the moment I'm almost scared of looking forward to things because I don't want to jinx it because I just feel like at the moment we just we never know what might happen. Well, Clarice, I think we will leave it there. Um, thank you so much for coming on to talk about Tenet. Thank you, thank you for inviting me. Uh, that's all we've got time for today. My thanks to Clarice Lowry. Uh, if you're a new listener to the Behind the Headlines podcast please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever else you listen. And if there are stories you'd like to hear discussed on the show, then you can let us know. Um, You can email behindtheheadlines at independent.co.uk. You can also support this show and all the original journalism at The Independent by signing up as a supporter. Details of that are in the description of this podcast. I'm Ben Kelly. Thank you for listening. And until next time, goodbye. 